Our um, gospel lesson this morning is going to come from um, Matthew's gospel, from Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, uh, the Great Commission. And I invite you to stand as you are able in body or in spirit for the reading of our gospel lesson. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. One of them. Mentors said one time in scripture, um, said, and you've heard me say this before, you've heard me say this, but when the Bible was written, you know, we, we, always, we, we always read the Bible through 21st century American eyes, and we read it through our context. We read it by what, by what we have. And so, like, for instance, um, things like that we, that we um, ha- are used to, Chapters and verses. That's a relatively modern concept. There weren't originally chapters and verses when the Bible was read. Chapters and verses came along later when the Bible began to be printed in the, in the, in the Middle Ages. You know, originally the Bible was scrolls or letters, things such as that. So there weren't chapters and verses originally. When Jesus was speaking, he didn't tell them, now boys, get out the red pen. He didn't tell them that when, he was, when they were writing the Bible. He, you know, they, that was later invention, the red, Jesus' words in some Bibles. But um, one of the things when the Bible was originally written was there was no highlighters. There's no highlighters. So Sam Morris told me one time, stuck with me for years. Sam always said, Andy, anytime something's mentioned in the Bible, that's a big deal. Pay attention. If, if, the, if it's mentioned in the Bible, that's a big deal. If it's mentioned twice, that means it's pretty important. If it's mentioned over and over again, that's God shouting at you, hey, pay attention, this is important. Because there were no, no highlighters back then, so one of the things you need to pay attention to in the Bible, either in context or across the whole structure of Scripture, are things that are repeated, are things you see over again, things such as that. And one of the things that you see over and over again when you read the Bible is the command that Jesus gave the disciples today. Go. Go. So, look across the Bible. Well, he kicked Adam and Eve out of, out of heaven, out of Eden rather. He told them to go. Go out and be fruitful and multiply. He called Abraham. Told him to go to the land that I'll show you. He told him to go to Egypt to flee from the famine. He told Moses to go back down to Egypt to free the people. Then he told the people to leave Egypt and go to the promised land. That was originally promised to Abraham. All throughout David's ministry and life, he told him to go these places, fight these battles, go to Jerusalem, things such as that. We see it. We see it uh, in Nehemiah when God tells Nehemiah to go back to Israel during the exile. He actually tells the exiles to go into Babylon and be free, to live there and work for the good of their city. He told Joseph to go to Egypt to escape from Herod. He tells him to go back home when Herod dies. He told Paul to go to Damascus 
after he met him on the road there and turned him, turned him to a nice house. Then he told Paul to go to Macedonia, preach the gospel. Told Barnabas to go hang out with Paul and help him out. All throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture, the word or the concept, go, is written all throughout Scripture. Go, go, go. We as Christians are not called to be sedentary. We're not called to just sit here and expect everything to come to us. We're told to go. So today we see Jesus tell the disciples to go into all the worlds and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're called to go. During this season at St. Matthew's, we spent some time these last few weeks talking about our, 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 our key doctrines. What are the things that we believe? What are the things that we hold as essential regarding Jesus and Scripture and salvation and things such as that? And then we've talked about how we live out our doctrine through our values. So you've probably heard me say that every week the last two months. Doctrine's what we believe. Values are how we live out our belief. So we talked about what our doctrines are. And last year, we just talked about our values. How do we live these things out? We've talked about what it means to invite. And what it means not just to invite folks to church, which is important, and invite folks to Sunday school, which is important, but invite folks all around us to form community. We live in a very lonely world. We have our phones with us at all times. We have hundreds and thousands of friends. But most folks have no friends. I read a study the other day that said, that years ago, most people knew four to five people that could call in an emergency that would truly be there for them. So now it's down to excluding family, one or two if we're lucky. We live in a very lonely and isolated time. And as Christians, and as those that are part of St. Matthew's, a church that values relationships, we should be forming community wherever we are, at work at the ball field, wherever we find ourselves, we should be forming and investing in community. We're called to invite, not just invite folks to church, but invite folks into community. We're called to grow. Last week we talked about grow. That means to go deeper. That means to, yes, to go deeper in discipleship, in our personal study, in our church work, and things like that, but in, in our service, how we serve one another. How is the church, we should be serving one another, how we should be taking care of each other, how should we, be, we should be loving each other. And if we aren't loving each other and serving each other, what does that say to an to a angry world? If we don't even love each other, why would they want to come be part of this? So we're called to grow, grow deeper, grow closer to God, allow God's grace to transform us, invite community, grow discipleship. Well, today we're talking about go. We're called as a church to go. What does that mean, go? You know, we, in, 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 in one of the things that um, you've probably heard said, Wesley once said, the world is my parish. And we, we hear that as a call to go out and do missions and evangelism, which, is, which it is. But uh, when Wesley talked about, uh, talked about the world being his parish, what he specifically meant was this. In England, in Wesley's day, the, um, the, the parish was your geographic area. So if you lived, you know, if you lived on between Madison Avenue and the Trace and 51 and the Reservoir, your parish was St. Matthew's, and that's where you went. And if you were a church person, you would never dream of going to a church outside your parish because you went to your parish. 
And if you were a preacher, you would never dream of preaching or teaching outside your parish because that was your parish. You were geographically bound to a certain area. That's, <clears throat> that's, what, it, that's what your parish was. Your parish was the geographic area where you lived, where your church was, and that's where you went to church. That's the way it worked. And so for Wesley, Wesley felt an obligation to the people who were not in the church, who may have been working in the coal mines, who may have, may have been too poor to come, who may not have felt, felt a place. So Wesley did something crazy where he said, when he said, the world is my parish, what he, what he meant when he said that was that he would not be bound to a building or he would not be bound to a specific geographic location, but he was going to go wherever the people were. So Wesley, when he said that, he wasn't so much talking about foreign missions as we, all, as we hear it today, but Wesley was talking about going into the fields outside the coal mines and preaching the gospel to the coal workers after they got off their shift. Wesley was talking about going into the streets there in London, in the poor slums all around, and preaching the gospel and helping those in need. For Wesley, when he said the world was my parish, it was a call for him, for Methodists, and for all Christians to leave behind their geographic space, to leave behind their buildings, and go to where the people were. Because the dynamic in that world was, well, people should just go to the, people will go to the church that's in their neighborhood, and that's the way that it works. And Wesley said, that's not the way it works. There's people who need Jesus. And so if I've got to leave behind my building and go preach in a field, then I'll do it. If I've got to go, if I get kicked out of the church I'm preaching in for being too loud, then I'll go preach on my daddy's tombstone because people matter. Wesley was going to go to where the people were, and he called the church to go to where the people were. And somehow, well, that's hard, y'all. I'd much rather folks come to me than me go to them. You know, that's easier for me to stay here. But where in the Bible, where in the Bible does God call us the things that are easy? Find a single place in the Bible, if you can, where God's calling somebody to something, and it's easy for them. No. If you look across the Bible, most times and places God calls somebody, something kind of hard, and something they may not want to do. Some of them, they may think that's beyond them. Look at Moses. When God called him to go back to Egypt, Moses said, nope, I'm not your guy, God. You missed that one. I don't talk well. Send somebody else. God said, no, I've called you. All across Scripture, it's hard to follow Jesus. Soren Kierkegaard once said, the hardest thing in every generation is to follow Jesus. It, was, it is as hard for you and me to go and follow Jesus as it was for those initial disciples. Following Jesus is always the hard thing, but it's always the right thing. So we as a church value the concept of going. What does that mean? How do we interpret what it means to go? I think, I think for us it means two broad areas. One is evangelism and one is missions. So for evangelism, we're called to go and tell folks about Jesus. That's really all it is. We're called to tell folks about Jesus. We're called to tell our stories. That, see, okay, I, I was raised, um, you know, with, to witness to me was I was given the little, little pamphlets, little, the little tracks, and I was, I'll never forget one time, they dropped us off. You know, every, every, every town has a main drag. 
I don't, I don't know what town you grew up in, but in my town, it was Delaware Avenue. Delaware Avenue was the main drag there in Macomb. Now, Brookhaven had the boulevard. Macomb had Delaware. So one night for youth group, they dropped us off. Let's see, Delaware, the bookends were the Fred's parking lot where everybody hung out at all the way down to the depot by the railroad tracks. That was, that's where people just ride around and be dumb and young. That's what we did. So they, they dropped us off. At the, they, the, our youth pastor dropped us off at the, at the Fred's uh, parking lot <clears throat> with some witnessing tracks in our hands. <clears throat> we were supposed to walk down the, down the Delaware and pass all those tracks and witness to folk. Well, a 16-year-old boy, I think, I think that went over with me. Not real well. So I went to the first trash can I could find, threw my tracks in the trash, and hung up my friends at the Fred's parking lot. Let's just say I didn't win any, I didn't win any evangelism awards that night, you know, there on the Delaware Avenue. So for me, that was what, for most of my life, that's what witnessing felt like, didn't it? You got to knock on the door of somebody's house. They come to the door. You got to look at them and say, if you die tonight, you're going to heaven or hell. And they say, sir, I ordered a Wendy's. You know, they, they, that's what, that, feels, that feels awful, doesn't it? Like, no, listen, for some of y'all, that's your thing. And, man, good for you because the church needs you. Let me be very clear. Just because that's not my calling doesn't mean it might not be your calling. And I'm not, I'm not here going to, I'm not going to tell you what calling is more important to the kingdom. I'm not telling you that. So if that's your calling, if your calling is to knock on every door in your neighborhood and ask folks if they're going to heaven or hell, then go do it. Not what I'm called to do, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. The church needs everybody to do what they're called to do. But for me, for me, evangelism is telling your story. I love to tell the story for those who know it best. Seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. Evangelism for me is me telling you the story how Jesus has impacted my life. How Jesus saved me as a teenage boy. How Jesus has been faithful to me throughout all of my life. How Jesus has blessed me. How Jesus has been with me in difficult times. Now Jesus, if it, were, if it were not for Jesus, I would not be where I am today. And I follow Jesus. Yes, I follow Jesus for the reward of heaven. Of course I do. Of course I do. But I follow Jesus because I think following Jesus makes me a better husband, father, friend, pastor, neighbor, today. And Jesus has changed my life. Yeah, I want to spend all eternity with Jesus, but I want to spend Sunday with Jesus as well. Because without Jesus, I don't know what I'd be. So for me, evangelism is us telling our story to others. Which means this, you got to know your story. You got to ask yourself, what's Jesus done for you? And y'all, don't use church words when you do it. Don't, I'm, not, I'm not looking for you to use church words. But in your own words, how's your life different with Jesus? What would your life be like without Jesus? That's what it means, y'all. Evangelism is simply one person telling another person how Je- what Jesus means to them. You're called to tell your story. You're called to tell your story. And y'all, we have to do that. We have to do that. We have to tell our stories. This world needs to hear it. This world that's gotten real mean out there, y'all, and gotten real angry out there, 
and gotten real upset about everything right now. I mean, we tell all kinds of stories, don't we? We tell the story of our favorite football game. Tell the story of of the big deer we shot. Tell the story of the good deal we got shopping. Tell the story bragging on our kids, don't we? We tell, a, we tell a bunch of stories in our life, don't we? Tell a bunch of stories. But do we tell the story of what Jesus has done for us? Do we tell the story of the difference Jesus has made for us? Do we tell the story of how Jesus has changed us and how Jesus has impacted us? That's evangelism. Y- y'all, and here's the thing. Like, if you don't have a story, and I'm not talking a great and dramatic story, but something how Jesus, has done, how Jesus has changed you, then come talk to me. We need to have a conversation. Because I'm not saying he hadn't changed your life, but I'm saying if we, can't, if we can't, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, discern those moments, we might need to look within ourselves and see where we are with our walk with God. Evangelism is simply us telling our story to someone else. And that's what the world needs more of. That's what, frankly, the church needs to be doing. We need to be telling our story. That's evangelism. And then missions. Missions is just, just going out and serving the world. Last week I talked about service, how, um, how um, we are called to serve within the church. Missions is kind of service outside the walls. Missions is kind of service outside the walls of this church. And, and the language we kind of use is service is internal. Service is us serving each other in the body of faith. Missions is us going outside, outside the walls of the church to serve the world, to, 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 to do missions. And y'all, so, so um, I really, I would love it. I would love it if everybody in our church went on a foreign mission trip. That would be, that would be, that would be great if everyone in our church went on a foreign mission trip. Now, listen, let me tell you, I'm not a foreign missionary. I'm a diva. I don't do anything less than a Hilton. You know, there's very few things in my life that I get real stuck up about, but sleeping arrangements are one of them. So, like, last time I went to the, uh, to, to, on a mission trip, we went to Nicaragua, and the, 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 the shower had a, had, a, uh, had a live electricity going into it to heat the water. They called it the Widowmaker. So, um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. But every Christian should go do foreign missions. You know why? He just told us to. I mean, he just, he, did he just not say, go into all the world making disciples? Yeah. Like, he didn't say, go into all the world make disciples only if they have a Hilton. He said, go into all the world make disciples. We're called to go. And so I would, I would love, I would love for everybody, child, teen, adult, to go on a foreign mission trip. That'd be amazing. That's a goal. That is a goal for our for me as the pastor of this church is to see that happen. We're not there yet, but I love to see it happen. But missions is not simply well, somebody someone says a preacher said, you know, while we always talk about going uh going off, there's ministry to do right here in our backyard. And I always say, Yep, you're right, let's do it. This is not an either-or. Either 
God does not say we can only do foreign missions. No, he calls us to go into all the world. So yes, that does mean Honduras and Nicaragua, Nicaragua and places like that. But that also means in our backyard. That means the agencies we work with hit our, hit our church, like Madcap. That means shower power in Jackson. Jason took the youth on a Mission 601 camp this summer where they went and served all over the area. Like, we're called to go not just foreign work, but local. Partnering with agencies, helping out where we can. We're called not just to go everywhere foreign, but in our own backyard. But y'all, here's the thing with it is. Just like with inviting, to invite is to be an incubator relationship that we're called to invite people to community no matter where we are. The same is true with missions. Y'all, I'd love, I'd love for you to go on a foreign mission trip. I'd, I'd love for you to partner with, uh, with, uh, with, with an agency. But it's in our day-to-day life we serve our neighbor. It's in our day-to-day life we take care of the widows and the orphans. It's in our day-to-day life is where these things are lived out. So yes, our church must be doing these things. Our church must be leaning into these things. Our church must be helping these areas. But it's me and you as well. It's me and you as well. It's me and you in our daily life. It's me and you in our daily walk. It's me and you everywhere we are because here's why, y'all. As Bam said in the children's moment, Christ died for everybody. Christ died for those people. Christ died for the folks beyond our wall. Christ died for the folks we'll never meet. And we as the church have an obligation, y'all, an obligation to love them and to share the good news of Jesus with them and to be there for them. That's our mission as the body of Christ, y'all. The body of Christ means we're Christ's physical body upon the earth. And if Christ is going to physically do ministry, he's going to physically do it through us as the church. That's our call. One of the churches I've always looked up to is a Methodist church out of Indiana uh, named Granger Community Church. Uh, it's a church I've always admired. They do a lot of cutting-edge stuff up there. Granger's a, Granger is a uh, suburb of South Bend. They, they, they've always done a lot of innovative, really neat ministry up there. And uh, I, I read a book that their executive pastor wrote a few years back called Vision Lost and Found. It was a very interesting book that talked about how this, they were planted and started and then how they kind of lost their way. How they, they kind of they lost their way with a bunch of stuff. They grew too fast probably and they lost their way. And this book was about how they recaptured their vision. And they recaptured their vision by focusing upon the community, the evangelism and missions. And, and they, did, they did some demographic research in their community. And they found out that, you know, the stat is, you know, 70% of the church, 70% of our neighbors are unchurched. You've heard me say something like that before, haven't you? 70% of our neighbors are unchurched. But what they found in their community was that of that 70% that were unchurched, 40% of that 70 them being unchurched was a choice. It wasn't that they hadn't been invited to church. They'd been invited. They just didn't want to go. They were making a choice not to go to church. And there was nothing the church could do to convince them to come because it was a choice they'd made. And the church asked itself a question. Do we, as the church in this community, have a responsibility 
for that 40%. And the question is, what did Jesus die for that 40%? And he did. So if Jesus died for them, and even if they choose to never darken the doors of their church, that church has responsibility for that 40%. So that changed the way they did their buildings. Because you know what? Even folks that don't want to go to church, they want to get married. So they built a wedding chapel. One of those little, they built one of those little venues. You know, I say everybody, else, everybody nowadays wants to get married outside on a pile of hay. Well, they, they built a pile of hay out where everybody can come get married at. Whether they went to the church or not. They built the dog park on their campus for people to come bring the dogs to play with. Now, hey, guess what? Some of that 40%, they decided to come to Granger. But most of them didn't. Most of them didn't. But that church did what they can do. I've always admired that. They did what they can do to reach their community. And y'all, we sit here having amazing worship. Best, best music minister in the state of Mississippi. One of the best choirs you'll ever hear. Amazing musicians. Great staff. Great youth pastor, kid men, associate pastors, the whole nine yards. But if we sit here and we only focus on ourselves, what we receive out of it, that we'll never truly be faithful. Our job, y'all, our job, y'all, is to go. Go into all the world, telling the good news of Jesus. That may mean across the ocean. That may mean across the street. I don't know. We've got a call to go. By the grace of God, may we be faithful. Let's pray.